Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to another episode of This Week in Marvel, Marvel's official podcast of news. Wait, no, this is the other podcast. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. our awesome you interview host, podcast. You don't host this one very often. I know. We not anymore. last week, though. Did we? Yeah. Who? The Bowery Boys. Yeah. Probably those... hasn't gone up by the time this podcast goes, but hey, no, coming sir. soon, our podcast with the Bowery Boys. Well, I'm Ryan Penagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M. I am Marvel.com editor Ben Morse, and we have with us in the, as he called it, glamorous Marvel Podcast Studios, maybe a record setter as far as non-Marvel employee who's been on this show the most times, and that is the Fallen Angel. Are you still the Fallen Angel? I am. I am. I think I'll always be <laughs> By that. By name only? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just in history. I'm always going to be Christopher Daniels, but invariably well, people associate. Well, no, you didn't spoil you it. the rest of my intro. Well, you, all, all the other Fallen, fallen angel. Angels, yeah, well, they, they were like, oh, it's Peter David. He's yeah. here. <laughs> no, 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 it's me. There fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. Hey, it's me. Uh, I also uh, am an Aries, and I like long walks, long walks on the beach. I've heard so, you do um, this shtick before. Have I? God, I'm, <laughs> running, in, I'm running out of stuff. No, the problem is I've <laughs> listened to you on enough other podcasts now that I've heard your... Uh, all my good stuff. No, I've heard all your stories a bunch of times, but I always know there's going to be at least one new one. So I'll listen, like, for instance, as we were, ta- we were talking with Bill Roseman just a second ago, and Ryan, I don't even know if you know this, I think it was on Colt Cabana's podcast recently. Okay. When I first heard the story of your first job, or one of your first jobs that connects back to Marvel. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, the, the Imagineering? Yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I, like, whoa. I worked there for a year, cool. man. I, I worked, uh, Walt Disney Imagineering, for those of you that don't know, Walt Disney Imagineering is the... Uh, the branch of Walt Disney that deals with the designing and the building of the theme parks. And so uh, for about two years, I worked on the docks, yeah. basically uh, the like Rocky Balboa. Exactly. I, um, I was, I was working. It's, it's basically the mail room, all the blueprints that would come in uh, to be distributed to the artists and the uh, creators of the theme parks. I would uh, take that around. I would take all the R and D equipment, all the R and D uh Facilities like research and, and development for, for you. all yeah, for the for layman neophytes. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was my that was my job, and it was one of those things where I could, I would work from eight to five, and I didn't have to worry at five oh one. I could forget the day and go mm-hmm. back into dreaming of my wrestling promos and like what I was going to wear to the ring and blah blah blah. So so did yeah, you, did you ever Walter Imagineering? Did you ever think of trying to spin some sort of like uh, Imagineering themed character? I didn't. I didn't because this was uh, this was. You could have been like the wrestling figment. I I could have, but this was way before that. I'm almost positive this is ninety five, ninety six. So, and my memory doesn't go back that far because my brain doesn't work that well. So uh, it's very possible that I did have these thoughts, but I can't remember them at this point. So, well, I mean, if you're looking to rebrand and (laughs) you want a you know more family friendly persona, I like the Marvel. I'm going to try and do as much Marvel stuff as I can. So, I mean, you're well. One of the things we're talking about today is this. This when this podcast goes up, this upcoming weekend is going to be final battle. Final battle. Ring of Honor. Yep. Uh, on pay per view. Yes. Which is uh, cool. Broadcast pay per view. It's the second one for Ring of Honor, which is awesome. That's I, awesome. Yes. And yeah, you already teased that you're going to be doing something special for Marvel fans in your entrance. I Ooh. did. I did. I uh, I've already told Ben. Mm-hmm. I haven't told Ryan yet, but um, I'm gonna, I'm going to save the I'm going to save the surprise for those of you that buy final battle but if you are an x-men fan i'll just say that you will appreciate uh the swagger that frankie gazarian and christopher daniels bring to the ring of honor ring on december 7th yeah i like it yeah, i like it's it it's gonna be pretty cool he, yeah he told me about it earlier the first ring of honor pay-per-view we were there and i wasn't there no 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 no, 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 no you this was the first no, 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 one yeah. 
the one that you went to, you guys were at War we of the Worlds, we which was, it wasn't a pay-per-view. Oh, I pay-per-view. Because yeah. I was going to say, that was the one where they teased you. Right. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and we couldn't see it yeah. right. in the arena because you had told us beforehand. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, we got to wait He had watch. also told us to report back to him what the <laughs> what kind was of my, like. Well, yeah, what my, what my response was, what yeah. people thought. We had, yeah. nothing. We we had, had no idea. Yeah, no, so. this is now, they're not on iPay-per-view anymore. They're on. We are off and on. Yeah. The first. You're also on iPay-per-view. The first broadcast pay-per-view we had was. Um, best in the world, which was in June or yeah, July. Yeah, yeah. No, July. July. It was July, it was July of this year from Nashville, and then this is the second broadcast pay per view. But you were at War of the Worlds, which was like the co-promoted mm-hmm. with New Japan Pro yep. Wrestling. So you got to see Nakamura and Tanahashi work, and and uh, it was a great show overall. I'm, I heard so. Yeah. We were watching uh, the Cruiserweight special on the network because uh, my that's my wife finding out about like a bunch of periods in wrestling she wasn't really aware of. Sure. And uh, Jushin Liger is doing all mm. kinds of fun stuff in the show. And she's like, we've seen that guy before, <laughs> yeah. right? I was like, yeah, 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 you're lucky. You did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I got to say, there's one thing that I can take away from. I know you've wrestled in Japan plenty of times. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're over there. Yes, I'm <laughs> pretty, I've, I've done some stuff. So. Um, they have probably my favorite entrance musics ever, just of oh, right. how ridiculous they are. Oh, yeah. Liger's oh, yeah. entrance music may be my favorite yes. of all time, and you need to hop on that. I will, I'll let him know that you said that. Um, I, I, I had many an opportunity to, A, be in the ring yeah. when Liger would come to the ring and hear the music and hear the people go nuts, and then other times I tagged with him and would do the same thing and just literally the the roof would come off the place every place we went um he was such a such a star when you were when you were coming up was he he was already huge right by the time you were coming up yeah like i started in 93 so like it was a couple years before then that right. he was not under the mask and then it wasn't too long after that he became Jushin Liger but i mean yeah the, it was uh, a couple years before that i want to say was the the super j cup yeah when he really yeah when up. i mean where, where he became more recognizable to American hardcore wrestling fans. You know what I mean? That that got to be a very famous tape that was traded back and forth. And so, like, Liger, the, the legend of Jushin Liger came to the States, and he that was one of the first things that everybody knew him from. Yeah. When we, I mean, when we saw him in June, I was amazed at how much he could still go. Yeah. He, he wrestled Adam Cole? Yes, he did. And they, they stayed back and forth. But that's, I mean, you've been doing this for, what, almost 21 20 years? years it's 21. Uh, it'll be 22 this coming January. Or no, the, uh, April. This coming April will be 22 years. And that's one of the things, like, I mean, you know, not to, not to blow smoke, but, you know, you're still moving incredibly well for someone who's been doing this for 20 years like you you st- you're not you're not uh coasting on your name quite yet i'm trying not yeah. to man it's 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 difficult and like days you wake up and um it's it's a struggle sometimes to move around but i right. mean you know I, i've been very fortunate to avoid injury serious injury mm. and um I've, I've tried to be very smart the way I wrestle so that I can continue to wrestle at a high level without injuring myself injuring the people i work with so i mean i've, I've been very fortunate and um the fact that you say that I'm still moving around well, it means that I'm doing something right. So. Yeah, man. You, I mean, you fool everyone into thinking you're much younger than you are. Yes. Which I hope to assimilate <laughs> that skill from you somehow just by hanging out. All right. Matt Hardy said something interesting in, in sort of in that vein on a podcast I listened to where he was talking about how, you know, he can't move the way he did before, especially because he's taken a lot more sure, like, yeah. crazy bumps. Yes. Uh, so he evolved his character mm. and the way he, perf- you know, the way he performs to to facilitate the ability 
to still go out there and do cool things, which I thought was really interesting, yeah. like adapting in a different way. Well, yeah. yeah, absolutely, especially the last year of our stuff with TNA where we were doing a lot more uh, in-ring stuff, a lot more behind-the-scenes uh, interviews where we got the characters of basically the bad influence guys over. Right. Um, you know, you and that? Yeah, you of course. I can say it. Yeah, screw it. Yeah, I mean, what are they going to do? <laughs> what are they going to do? Sue me for saying the name that we came up with? Yeah, Come no on. Kidding. But, um... Uh, and that's something, part of the transition that we've had to deal with is the fact that there's, you know, Ring of Honor primarily is an in-ring product. There's yeah. not a whole lot of uh, tomfoolery shenanigans or the tickle The fish tank? Oh, yeah. Although the fish tank, the fish tank is there. So, I mean, there, there are guys that, that are entertaining in that way. But there's just not that many um, opportunities in Ring of Honor that there were in TNA. So we've had to sort of adjust ourselves again mm-hmm. to uh, to fit in with the Ring of Honor locker room and the Ring of Honor product. But we're also still trying to find ways to show the people uh, what sort of put Frankie and myself on the map as the team in the first place. So, I mean, that's what we're doing. And, and part of it is like what I said for Final Battle, like doing the entrance that we're going to do. I think right. that's going to be something that people are like, oh, it's, it's CD and, and Kaz doing what they do. Well, I think I love the fact that at this point, you know, just given you've, you've done the podcast rounds, you've done a bunch of stuff with us. Like people, comics fans know that you're a comics guy. Right, which right. Which is cool. So when you do something like that, when you come out, you know, with the Shield outfit or anything like that, like it's not something under the radar, like, whoa, it's not, a, it's not a curiosity anymore. So, I mean, I like to think that a lot of comics people are following you and hopefully picking up stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I try to, I try to mix the two worlds. Like I didn't realize how many comic fans were wrestling fans mm-hmm. and vice versa until you know I got deep in the thick of of wrestling, and um, it's been the last couple of years where I've decided, uh, you know, to sort of wear my comic fandom on my sleeve, so to speak, and so to make an effort to like wear t-shirts, yeah. wear the Marvel stuff on camera to. Uh, put our gear, put stuff on our wrestling gear to, as shout-outs to the, the books that we enjoy and the, the characters that we're fans of. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I, I like to think that by doing so, I'm interacting with my fan base and the fans that know that I'm comic guy. Um, you know, hopefully that draws them to wanting to watch me wrestle more yeah. and, and, and become a fan of the product. And Frankie's totally leached off it, too. <laughs> yes, because yes. Because... Not long, well, I guess over a year ago now when we had Comic Conflict out in uh, San Diego. Yes. It's like two years now. Yeah. Oh, it was a year. So it wasn't no, it was 2012, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. 2013. No, well, not last. I don't think so. I think so. it was 2012. I think it was 2012. It feels like a lot longer. Well, whenever we did it. Um, well, because no, we didn't do it this past year. It was 2014. We did it the year before in 2013. Who, when were you champs? 2012. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Were. No. When you were champs, we issued the challenge, and then oh, we did it the next maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is 2013. I've had the least concussions. I yes, you have. <laughs> That's um, true. So, but no, when we, it was me and Arun against you and Frankie in right. trivia. Yes. Huge success. Huge one success. Of, one of the biggest drawing Marvel events of all time. The gate was insane. The gate was off the hook. Um, but yeah, we were like, oh, we just got to worry about Chris. We can just get Frankie on the seat. We're all set. But you trained him. Oh yeah, he knows his Frankie stuff. Frankie knows now. his stuff. Frankie knows his stuff. He's 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 not as he's not as open about his comic fandom right. as I was, but I mean he he knows his stuff, he and uh, you can tell that he grew up as a fan of certain stuff. He's always been a Hulk guy yeah. first and foremost, and um, but yeah, not only because I've got years of experience on him in that mm-hmm. respect. I mean, but he's definitely a comic guy as well. So yeah, no, you're pulling him along nicely. Darn right. Um, 
I for some reason I've got this in my head that uh, TNA when they go to this the whatever the new channel is that they'll have a fake bad influence uh, duo come out and Maybe. I, I I would I just want to see like your reaction to that <laughs> and how you can take that and turn it into I money. To, I hope to be part of that. Yeah, fake bad influence. The fake bad influence. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, when you're in Japan, how much Japanese do you speak? Very little, man. Yeah. I, I especially when I was over there doing Curry Man, I figured out certain phrases to say as the character to sort of get the reaction that I wanted to get from either the wrestling fans or the wrestlers themselves. Mm. But, um, you know, I honestly, it's been, it's been since 2004 that I was going over there regularly. I've been over there a couple times just for single shows. Um, but, uh, it like, it was from 99 to 2004 that I was going over there like, uh, three months, uh, out of a year, like three months of the time, I would probably be in Japan in those years. That was like a majority of my money. And um, right around the advent of TNA and uh, getting a job there sort of full time, that was when I got away from going to, to Japan as often as I did. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, a lot of that, uh, a lot of that, too, I've sort of uh, not had to use. So it's sort of gone into my my storage facilities, which I, I find are hard to uh, my memory storage is very hard to open up for some reason. What's so. your because I'm always interested. What's your travel schedule like these days? Because for a while with TNA, you kind of calmed down a little bit, and I know now with with ROH, you're able to go back on the road to the Indies and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I um the TNA schedule like for a while was very good for us, especially when we were live. Like yeah. we were traveling every week, uh, doing Thursday live shows and then Friday Saturdays and sometimes Sundays, um, live events. Um, since TNA, since I left TNA, I've gotten to Ring of Honor. Uh, Ring of Honor usually runs anywhere from two to five shows a month. Yeah. And then the rest of the time I'm doing independent stuff. Um, we just happened to go over to uh, the U.K. for a weekend in October. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got some stuff lined up for uh, overseas next March and April probably. So it's just uh, – but uh, usually it's like two to three days a week yeah. I'm traveling. Uh, and then the rest of the time I get to be home and, and be Mr. Mom and yeah. and take care of the family. So, I mean, it, it's really a good balance of getting on the road and working for, and then coming home and, and you know, being the support uh, that my wife and my kids need. So it's really cool. That's awesome. I, yeah, I treasure to this day uh, when we when me and you, me, you and your daughter walked around Comic-Con. Right, one right, time, right, right. And... Um, she was like walking with Chris, you know, hand in hand, and I was standing on the other side, and she just grabbed my hand, and I was like, "Well, I don't know what people are going to think here. But I'm, <laughs> I'm proud to be a part there of it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was right after she had just asked me. She's like, "Are you a wrestler like my daddy?" And you just laughed. <laughs> I said, "No, baby. He, he's a he he's an amateur wrestler. Yeah, he's not right. a professional like Very your dad. Amateur. He's a highly ranked amateur." Yeah. Um, so now you know on with Ring of Honor and the independent circuit. Who are some of the the tag teams you guys are facing? Mm-hmm. Some of the younger competitors that are really you're having a lot of fun out there with. Well, a lot of the there's the difference between TNA and Ring of Honor at this point. Like when we were in TNA, there weren't a whole lot of tag teams. Oh, there was us, yeah. and they would throw together guys. Yeah. Um, but there really weren't tag teams the way that Frankie and I were trying to be a tag team, like a duo that yeah. was together for that reason. You come to Ring of Honor, and there's guys like Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly who are the current champions, and um, they're also the current IWGP Junior Tag Champions, so they're one of the best teams in the world, if not the best. And then you've got the Briscoe Brothers who are also uh, – tag team icons in Ring of Honor. Jay's the current world champion. Um, there's also guys like the Young Bucks who are probably the most popular tag team yeah. on the independent scene, the, the most popular tag team that isn't signed mm-hmm. to uh, a, 
uh, one company. Yeah. It's those guys, and they're they're all over the country, all over the world. Uh, they're in such high demand, and we've been very fortunate enough to have a series of matches with them. And um, the good thing about that is that you know working these younger guys and and these these younger teams, um, it's really sort of lit a fire under myself and Frankie, and definitely me, to to sort of work hard to stay at that level because there's no I can't like you said I, yeah. I'm not going to coast on my name getting in the ring with guys the level of Bobby Fish and Kylie Riley or Nick and Matt Jackson the Young Bucks I can't go in there and and uh, you know hope that my stardom or whatever is going to get enough to get through the match I have to go in there and perform and so it's it's really sort of lit that fire under me to 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 work hard and to stay at that level so that Frankie and I can get in that that ring and 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 hang with these guys and and excel with them. Yeah. All right. Switch switching over to the, the comic stuff. Switching to the comics. Just, I just switched gears. He just switched gears. It was awesome. Here we go. Um, you're a guy who keeps up. I know you keep up because Blake tells me every week. <laughs> every week. Daniel's <laughs> asked me for codes again. Um, well, every like fourth or fifth week, yep. you'll come oh, to me. Well, here's the Which thing. I, I'll, I'll let everyone know. I I <laughs> I started the first thing I did. I bothered Ben. And Ben responded. He says, well, I'll tell Ryan and Blake. Yeah. And so then I said, all right, well, I can't go to Ben. I, I will kidding. now go to Ryan or Blake. Yeah. And so I would go to Ryan first because I've known Ryan a lot longer than Ben. Or, I mean, uh, Blake, excuse me. So I went to Ryan, and sometimes Ryan, Ryan's very busy. And so sometimes Ryan doesn't get back mm-hmm. to me in time. Like, I think, in oh, well, time for not me. in time, but I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like if I if I email you on Wednesday, sometimes on Friday, you're like, hey, man, I just got this. I'll get these to you as soon as possible. Too long. And well, yeah. it's just like I start to get frantic. Like, like wait, does he spoiled does he like, does he want does he is he going to bring him to me? I don't know if he's going <laughs> to yeah. do it. So then uh, I, I sent an email to Blake and Blake literally within an he's hour, like, like bam, he's like, he sent me those codes. So now I don't know how he gets them because I sometimes don't get my codes until Thursday. I don't I don't know the I don't know the system. I just assume like they're on your they're in your email Wednesday morning when you get here and I but I just figure oh well Ryan he's got a million people that he has to like facilitate information to where he's Blake and, yeah 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 Blake <laughs> Blake is just taking pictures yeah he's only here to get me yeah. codes that's his only job to here to Blake's credit so. it's not so much that he's dealing with less people it's that he this is one of his tasks that he takes very seriously <laughs> is getting codes to no, Christopher he, Daniels he, no 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 well, I'm saying you know he does he works with a lot of getting us a lot of celebrities and ah, gotcha. a lot of different people. So that's, you know, him having codes readily available is a thing he does. Yeah, right, right. I could bury Blake on this podcast. You very well could. I'm not going to bury Blake. I think Blake's a good fellow. Job. Yeah, man. But we haven't really gotten to talk to you. I, you filled in a couple months ago on the – he was actually co-hosted one of the regular episodes with me. Right. One of the times you were out. It was awesome. Right. And you've co-hosted a regular episode with me once. Yep. We did that because I remember recording at home and oh, we yeah, were chatting. Was the anniversary episode. Was that what it was? Well, right, no, right, right. It was one time. That was once, because yeah. I remember you and I were on. I don't think you were there. What did, what did, I what did you I and I? What did you and I talk about? I know you and I did the Annihilation did Star Lord series. Star-Lord. Now, what did you and I, I, I talk about? Did, Do you remember? Uh, a reading club. I think okay. we just did a regular I think it was episode. The anniversary episode. I think it was you, him, and Stromy, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I do remember that. Because yes. I, I remember it remember that was now. yeah. It was our big. Was our hundredth episode? It was our hundredth episode. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I was in Europe and I said, "Oh my God, I'm going to miss the hundredth episode." And that's when you. So you had to load it up to make up for lack of me. So there you are, Marvel Marvel listeners. Uh, Christopher Daniels has been likened to a loaded show. So <laughs> glad I could be an assistant. <laughs> you're, yeah, no, you're the big name. But um, we haven't really gotten to talk to you since we started doing like the all new Marvel Now titles, like the you know the Black Widows and the Magnetos and the Electros and all that. Right, so right, right. What, what have you been getting into in the last few months? What new stuff? I'm, that's what I'm very curious to because I know you're. 
I know how your tastes run traditionally. Right. But some of the newer, more experimental titles we've tried, I don't know, haven't gotten your take on I've yet. been a, well, first of all, the, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is the Moon Knight series. Mm -hmm. um, the first six issues with Warren Ellis were so outstanding. And when I heard that he was leaving and that Brian Wood was coming on, I thought to myself, well, this is going to be a very tough road to hoe for Brian Wood because, you know, it's Warren Ellis. And, I mean, sure. his name at this point sort of gravitates above the title sometimes. Yeah. And um, and so, but the the first, I think it's three issues deep now. Yeah, yeah. two yeah, or three. It's three but I, it's it's been really interesting how it's sort of stayed that course and still feels the same way. Um, you know, sort of the same. It, it's not like a complete change of direction. Mm -hmm. It's sort of say it stayed in that same vein. I've been very, I've enjoyed it very much. Um, I've really liked uh, Hayden Blackman's uh, Electra, Electra has been really really good. Yeah. And, and I think Mike Mundo's art on yeah. Electra is so good. It's insane how good it is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, one that I just thought of, too, is uh, uh, Alex Cott and Marco Rudy are yes. doing um, oh, Blake Barnes. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. Did you just call him Blake Barnes? I did, yes. I did, I did, I did. <laughs> Blake best. Barnes. Um, yeah, when, when they did the, uh, the Marvel Knights Spider-Man series, yeah. and I was like, holy cow, this guy's, this guy's layouts and his art is so out of the box mm -hmm. for everything else that's going on. This guy's got to, I'm sure this guy's going to have a job. And then the minute, you know, oh, the yeah. first issue of, I didn't know that he was doing it. I hadn't really gotten his name down yet. Mm -hmm. And so when I opened the first page, I was like, oh, it's that guy. How about yeah. that? So it's, it's, the tough part is it's, it's so good that sometimes it's hard to follow. Like, oh my God, where's my eye is supposed yeah. to go? It's mm. all, it's, it's like you're spinning and it's, yeah, it's like tough. watching vertigo. Well, it's good say, though, man. Yeah. I mean, so it's so different that it, it just draws the eye. But man, it's just woof. I, I gotta, yeah, I think I said the last time when we talked about issue number two, I'm like, I gotta read that book twice because I'll read it once just to look at it and right. then I'll go back and read the, the dialogue. Yeah. Now, as a Claremont X-Men guy, what do you think of Nightcrawler? Have you been reading that? I have, man. Yeah. I have. I've really, I've really enjoyed it. My buddy Todd Knock draws it. My buddy Todd Knock draws it. <laughs> I, I, and congratulations to Todd, who's a, I'm a huge fan of his art. And I'm every, anytime he can get something high profile like this, I'm, I'm thrilled to see my friends succeed and, and do well. And uh, I've really liked it. It feels, it feels sort of like a throwback yeah. to the kind of stuff that I like. And, and not just because of Claremont, but because it's been, um, you know, a very fun title to read, and you know the art's fun. The stuff that they've been doing, uh, like it, Claremont, obviously has a really good handle on Nightcrawler, and I've always been a fan of Nightcrawler. Yeah. And um, it, it's cool. I, I think one of the things that I like about Marvel now is that they, uh, I, I don't know if it's a risk. I don't know the business mentality behind it, but to me, uh, to give as many characters like Elektra and Moon Knight and Nightcrawler and Magneto. Um, uh, Black Widow to give them their own singles title that can be conceived as a risk but I mean it's a creative risk to, to get out there and see if these characters uh, are popular enough to, to warrant a fan base and then you know to find creators that can get behind those characters and make them popular enough so that their fan base grows I, I think that's awesome and so like I'm always thrilled when I see oh uh, Nightcrawler's getting his own series or Magneto's getting his own series I'm, I'm always interested to see what's coming up and, and who's getting an opportunity um, to find out like Squirrel Girl is mm, getting a yeah. series in a couple months like that to me blows my mind Howard but the I'm, Duck Howard the Duck I didn't know that I didn't know that news broken to Christopher Daniels but I mean <laughs> uh, to I want to see now. I want to see. Okay, who's going to be the creator on this? Who's going to take it a certain way? I want to see what uh, 
what avenues they take and what direction they take with all these characters. And I think it's a great time to be a Marvel, uh, a fan of Marvel stuff. I mean, if you, like I've grown up, I grew up reading it and to see where the Marvel universe is now versus where it was like in 1983, 84, when I started becoming aware of what the Marvel universe meant. Um, it's just so far beyond what you could have imagined. And, and it's exciting. It's so exciting to be a comic book fan right now. Well said. It's like our oh, yeah. yeah, he's our best salesman. I try every every time I'm on television, I'm trying like, hey guys, I'm with Marvel. Woo. <laughs> so I'm trying I'm trying to warrant being able to get codes yeah. every week. Like I feel like I have to pull my weight you somehow. Are, so. You're you're doing it admirably. All right. Yes. All right. Before we uh, give the info on how people get Final Battle, I got one more comics question. For all right. You. Uh, I know who your favorite character of all time is. Right. How are you coping with the death of Wolverine? I'm. Uh, I tell you the the. <laughs> I'm interested to see where it goes because uh, death in comic books is never as final as death mm-hmm. anywhere else, obviously. And I'm interested to see uh, if this is a, like, for example, like Johnny Storm and uh, the end of Kirkman's run and then now maybe a year later right. Johnny Storm. And it's always interesting to see the business decision to do something and then the creative way to make it happen so that it's interesting and realistic and not just, oh, well, let's do something to, to sell books. Let's do something to interest the reader and to see where it goes. I'm so interested to see where this goes. Um, do they, does Wolverine go off into you know, that, that dark night and stay there for a while? Does he come right back? It's interesting to see. And then, like, the Logan Legacy series that's going on now, uh, even the, the Captain America Deadpool yeah, yeah, one-shot, yeah, yeah. that to me, I was like, oh, there's, there's a way. There's something there. And yeah. remember this happened, everybody. Remember yeah. where you saw it. That sort of thing. So I'm, I'm real interested to see. Like, first of all, the Death of Wolverine series, the miniseries, was outstanding. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of Steve McNiven's work. Um, and so to, to see that and, and, and read that the way it went down and now, uh, all the fallout, uh, you know, the, the Logan legacy, the weapon X, uh, program Mm -hmm. book is very, very good, very interesting. Um, and, and to see the ramifications of Wolverine's death in all of these different characters in Storm's book, uh, in the Wolverine and the X-Men book in, uh, you know, uh, just to see how his death affected all of these different characters. It's been an interesting ride. And I want to see how long how long can Marvel how long can Marvel comics go on without a Wolverine? Mm-hmm. Conceivably they can go on for a while. I'm not saying that Wolverine is the linchpin. Wolverine obviously a very popular character, yeah. maybe arguably the most popular character in comics uh, you know, of an era. Can they do without Wolverine for mm-hmm. two or three years? I think so because there's all kinds of other characters. There's all kinds of other creators. Mm-hmm. Um we always It'll have be, a plan. Yeah, of course. Of course you do. Of course you do. And you guys know the plan way more than me. And I'm part of the fun of being the comics reader is to see where this plan, how it unfolds. Yeah. And if you can that I think that's one of the things about being a storyteller and like you someone who tells stories in the work that I do, I'm always interested in trying to figure out ways to be one step ahead of the people that are reading my stories or experiencing my stories. And I'm on the side for comic books, I'm on the side of the people experiencing the stories. So I'm always interested to see if I can figure out where it's going to go. And then I'm pleasantly surprised and pleasantly, uh, uh, you know, to find out that you guys have got it ahead of me. You guys got around me. You guys got ahead of me. And it's like, I didn't see that coming. That's outstanding. 
uh, that's the part of the fun of being the comic reader is is thinking you know where it's going to go and then finding out you had no idea and this is where it's going instead and you're like oh wow I, that it didn't even enter my mind that this was the path we were going to take yeah um I, I have one question because you know we are so engulfed in everything that Marvel does, all the comics and the movies and everything. So we're surrounded by it every week. Yes, reading non-Marvel comics is not. It, we don't do it as probably as much as we would have else. You know, if we yeah. weren't working here. Sure. How is it for you? Because you love wrestling. Yes. You know, do you do you watch other wrestling? Do you get? Do you do you pay attention? Are you excited about any of it? Or is it similar to us where it's like, wow, that's more. Um, a, a little bit of both. I'm, I'm interested in, in wrestling in terms of the people that I know and the, the friends that I have. Um, so I'm always interested to watch, like, see how Daniel Bryan is doing in WWE. Or I'm interested to see how uh, my friend Alex Shelley is doing in New Japan. Um, I, I, and, and to see the friends that I still have at TNA, even though I'm not a part of TNA anymore. Um, to see how Samoa Joe is doing or how Ken Anderson is doing. I'm thrilled to see how they're doing. I'm, I want to see... You know, when I hear that, oh, they had a really good match and this was a really uh, a great showing for them, I always try and go and find that and see, oh, that, that is a good match. That is good stuff. Um, I, I don't follow the product as much as I follow the people. And, uh, um, but I, I still get excited when I hear, uh, like, for example, uh, a perfect example is um, this summer TNA had a, a series of matches between uh, Bully Ray and Devon and Matt and Jeff mm-hmm. Hardy and yeah. Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards. And so to watch those matches, to hear everybody sort of excited about the TNA tag titles and, uh, you know, the ladder matches and the tables matches and then finally to culminate in uh, the TLC-style match, which is called Full Metal Mayhem at TNA, um, to watch those matches, uh, that was exciting for me because I heard, oh, this is good stuff, you've got to watch it. And I, I was... I made sure that I watched that match, and I was very happy that my friends, those people that I've shared the ring with before, are succeeding and doing well, uh, you know, apart from where I'm at. So, yeah, I get excited, but I, I, I'm very – I pick and choose what I'm excited about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. I try to watch different things, and when I hear new names on the scene, I try to, to see how they're coming up and how they would fit in in the, the, the wrestling landscape. And I'm always interested to see where people are going and where they're, how they're doing. I love it. Good. Positivity. So this Sunday, final This Sunday, battle, final battle. Who are you guys going up against? Um, it is myself and the Secretary of Offense, Frankie Kazarian, uh, otherwise known as The Addiction. We'll be tagging with a young lad by the name of Cedric Alexander, mm-hmm. and we'll be facing the Young Bucks and ACH. Uh, and um, uh, if you haven't heard of ACH yet... Uh, he's definitely someone that you should watch, and Cedric Alexander as well. Yeah. Those guys, two of the, those two guys, are two of the most talented athletes in Ring of Honor today. Um, and Ring of Honor has been, I believe, their first uh, exposure to the, I guess, the, the main stage that I think Ring of Honor is. And so um, I'm very proud to have Cedric Alexander on my team, and I'm very happy that we're working against guys the caliber of the Young Bucks, who I talked about before, and ACH, who I think is is uh, just such an incredible talent. He's such a, I, I, I think he's like 23, 24 years old, maybe even younger than that. Yeah. And he's such a talented kid at his age. He's got such a great future ahead of him, and I'm, I'm I'm sort of happy that I get to be uh, a note in his career to to be able to wrestle matches with him, and 
I, I hope that, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, he can look back and say, you know, I got a chance to work with Christopher Daniels right. and, and how much fun that was and how cool it was to work with him and, and get to know him. And, and that's sort of my role. I feel like it's in Ring of Honor now being able to work with guys. Uh, I, I want them to come out of that experience, you know, feeling like I, I learned something. I, I got a, a chance to work with someone who's done a lot of things and, um, you know, and I'm better for it because I, that's what they're doing with me. Like when I work with a younger guy like Adam Cole or Kyle O'Reilly or or Jay Lethal or Bobby Fish, um, they're they're making my career they're making it longer first of all because the sheer desire to get in the ring with them and produce great matches and great television that's what keeps me going and so I hope that they come out of matches with me hopefully feeling that same way like man I got a chance to work with Christopher Daniels and that 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 meant a lot so I mean. I'm 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 tooting my own my own horn. I it's apologize. Getting broken. You're getting I'm telling broken you, up. I'm falling apart. Yeah. I'm falling apart. Verklempt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit verklempt. Well, I mean, I'm telling. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I I was. There's only two things I've done longer in my life that I had to learn more than wrestling, and it's drive a car and speak English. Yeah. Like those are the only two things I've ever done more than wrestling, longer than wrestling. And so I mean, I at this point in my life, I know I'm closer to the end of my career than I am to the beginning. Mm -hmm. Just. Time-wise, I mean, even if today's the halfway point, I'm closer to the end now than I will be 12 hours from now. And uh, so I, I start to wax rhapsodic about, like, what I've done and what I'm going to do in the next couple years. And, uh, you know, I know that the things that I'm doing now are – those are those moments where they're, they're so important for me to hold on to and sort of make them count because I don't know how many more of them I'm going to have. So – Hopefully a lot. I hope so too. Many, man. many I'm, more. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm beating, I'm beating Father Time to death, yeah. according to Kevin Kelly at Ring of Honor. He says that I have uh, Father Time and a chokehold, <laughs> so um, I hope I can keep him there for a while longer. Nice. Well, you guys watch uh, Ring of Honor Final Battle this Sunday on pay per view. For more information, you can go to rohwrestling.com for all the ways you can order. Of course, you can follow Chris online at fac daniels. Stands for Fallen Angel Christopher. There you go. I know that it's a common question. It is a common question. People want to know why it says, well, everyone thinks it says Face Daniels. And he's yeah. just like, wait a minute. Fact Daniels. Yeah, or Fact, fact Daniels. Daniels. Like, what does fact mean? Why are you a face? And I'm like, that's not what it means. <laughs> so. Also, the, your, your video business. Oh, so. right, yeah. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll also see uh, video videos business. from uh, Tweet Secret. Um, Tweet Secret is a subscriber-based app where I show you behind the scenes uh, in my life in wrestling, and uh, you'll also get to see some parts of behind the scenes from today's podcast yeah. and my my many many uh, visits to the Marvel offices. Yeah. <laughs> right on. That's it. Yeah. Close it up. Always a pleasure, Chris. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. This is Marvel, your universe.